episode 148 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast starts right now. We are back, episode 148 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. I am your host, Dan, the almighty Skull Crusher. Today, once again, we have Klaus and Natalia. Mike is still out on assignment. Natalia, how are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. And Klaus? I'm doing better than the people who put up the signs and barriers in the Vuelta San Juan. <laughs> Klaus, if it makes you feel better, you can say that you are better than me. I can take Mike's place, no. Mike's yeah. place if you want to, if, if that is going to help. I, I could never. Mike, no? is better than, Mike is better than any of us. Well, yeah, because, because he's in an exotic location that he'll tell us all exotic, about when he's back. He's in a yeah. very... Exotic location, absolutely. <laughs> exotic location. We opened uh, with uh, Iron Maiden because I wanted to like dedicate this uh, episode to a listener in the UK. Uh, Graham, I hope that you enjoyed that. That's for you. All right. Also, very excited to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Health IQ. We have an awesome sponsor now, and we want to thank them very, very much. Some of you guys may have heard um, about Health IQ before. They had uh, sponsored the podcast before, but the sponsorship now is slightly different. Well, whichever way. Health IQ is basically a company that uh, advocates for like healthy, conscious people cyclists and runners triathletes swimmers yoga people you know whatever basically anything that is active and healthy and they believe that the best way to improve the health of the world is to basically celebrate that healthy lifestyle which is uh pretty cool but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to harass the people that don't couch potatoes can be couch potatoes that's fine but the idea is that you promote this lifestyle through financial rewards. They use science and data to fight for the lower rates on life insurance for the health conscious people, including, you know, people that cycle or run or like, you know, the stuff that I said. Wait, so if I ride my bike and I'm mm -hmm. in good, decent, great, whatever shape, mm -hmm. they would help me get lower insurance rates? Well, if you think about it, if people that skydive or are obese or have uh, diabetes or smoke did i say smoke already whatever if any of those people have higher rates then why shouldn't the opposite be true as well so basically well research shows actually that cyclists specifically have 45 percent lower cancer risk 18 percent lower heart uh, heart disease risk so that sounded kind of weird. Are you guys still there? I'm yeah, here. I'm here. Oh, you guys are there. Okay. So I'm I just, listening, taking this all in. Oh, yeah, okay. we were, I'm, I'm taking it all in. So Basically, nothing that we don't already know. People that, that exercise and live in um, a healthy lifestyle, eating healthy and stuff, have uh, a lower risk of cancer, heart disease, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So historically, health-conscious people have overpaid and subsidized those who are not health-conscious. Of course, that makes also perfect sense, right? So Health IQ has special rates on life insurance for cyclists and other healthy, active people. In order to learn more and get a free quote, you can go to healthiq.com slash speedmetalcycling. The Health IQ guys are going to be with us for the next couple of uh, episodes we want to thank them very much again for sponsoring the podcast. And actually what they do is actually really cool. And if you go to their website, like I said, healthiq.com slash speedmetalcycling, you can actually see even like they list all the people that work there and you, and they're all like super active people. They have like an, an old like NFL player that works there and stuff. So it's like, 
they kind of like actually what is it they practice what they preach there you go so once again healthiq.com slash cycling just go over there and check it out just read the, the, the stuff and if you know whatever just do us a favor and support those who support us all right now today we have the season has officially started i actually get to get to see the kits moving around instead of just on dopey like poses in hotel ballrooms um so at Personally, very excited about that. So we can talk about Tour Down Under and the Tour of San Juan. Uh, and then we can do the questions. Or do you guys want to do the questions first and then talk about the? I would like to do the questions last. Questions last. Save okay. the best for last. I think the, the first thing you learn seeing the kits in motion is that there's a lot of blue, uh, red this year. A lot of red this year, just like there was a lot of blue last year. There's still a lot of black, way too much black. And um, I loved, I didn't think I was going to, but I really like the Astana kit. The blue is a little bit greener, but uh, I like the black yeah. shorts. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging Astana. Uh, the, the UAE, Dubai, whatever team, uh, that's just bad. That looks like a club team that like was designed by... But Bahrain looks good. It does. Really, really super classy, old school. Again, surprise. When I first saw it, I didn't think I was going to like it that much. Once I Kind of tomato motion. red. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Orica and Movistar are basically the same team this year, I guess. And I mean, that's Orica's yeah. fault. Obviously, they already knew what Movistar has always been. And they just like... And they like, know that Movistar is never going to change anything except they the M just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, and, and now is the, the M is like a two D like a flat version, not not the one with all the gradients and stuff. And yeah. that's it. And then Bora is basically Team Sky. They're the exact same, especially from the head from 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 the front. They just look like. But of course, the only way we can know if any of these kits are good is if Mike uh, says that they're worth um, room in his worthy in his in his freezer. Yeah. Freezer, worthy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, so Tour Down Under, the first thing I want to say is that because it's only available through basically all the all the feeds that I found are the official feed they have. I mean, even if it's a different channel, they're all using Phil and Paul, and I just wanted to shoot myself at first. And uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, but that that's what I was going to say. McEwen? Robbie yeah. McEwen, yeah. Then Robbie Mc, I loved Robbie McEwen. He says good things and funny things. He broke it up really nicely. And uh, Phil, God bless his soul. He's like you know, he's like a grandpa. You know, he does silly things, but you know, you forgive him because he's a grandpa. He got Deadpool and Spider Man confused. <laughs> Why was he talking about Deadpool? Uh, and Jeez, old Pete, dude, come on, man. Sure, Everyone I'll knows Deadpool is the R-rated one. I'll give him this. They're both Marvel, at least. It's not like he got a DC character confused, but there was a dude obviously dressed like Deadpool on the side of the oh, road. Oh, right. Spider-Man. <sighs> oh, also, you know, <clears throat> um, I forgot that Trek had that, uh, their training kit was the high-vis one, but that for mm -hmm. the races, the they're going with red and black. Yeah, it's, it, it looks good. It's just too, too bad there's a thousand other red. Yeah, it looked better in pictures like in race and from a helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, the other thing that I have a note about is they had the heart rate of certain riders a lot. Yeah. In, in this, in this, and I was like, what, what, what does that? What the hell do I care? That's just dumb. It's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm watching like uh, Formula One or NASCAR and they're giving me the tire pressures of the car. Like, what the hell do I care? Because it's, it's like watching NFL football. They're the next generation stats. They're the next gen stats. Exactly. What is, when you're watching NFL football, what stat do they give you? They're just like, okay, what the hell do I care? When do they ever give you the heart rate monitor? I would love to know would one of these like, like, like defensive linemen like – how much power they they out? That would be way more interesting than some skinny. Well, that's why American, in the like, heart rate, heart rate. When the season cares? stops and you can watch them uh, bench to see how much they can bench. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. That's the closest you can come. To. I, I would actually like to see cyclists bench. That would be good. 
how much they can bet. Anyway, I just thought that was dumb. And another thing that I noticed that was interesting about because I mean, listen, this is the first time that I watched the tour down under, so I have a lot of a lot of comments on it. It's really interesting that they talk about. It's the first time you watched it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. They keep talking about the, the, their, the climbs, you know, the hills. And then there was the one hill that, well, actually, Richie Port won both. But, you know, there's two, both of those. The Wilonga Hill, which, I, of course, I know because we've made fun of and it a million times. Hill. And then the other one, whatever. And they keep talking about it. But at no point did they say how long it was. They hardly ever mentioned any percentages. Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, gradients. Like, they, they, they never show a profile of any of the stages. They're, like, just... And if they do, it's like really quickly or once or twice. And I'm like, what? then I heard that uh, Esteban Chavez, they asked him something about the climbs. And he said, climb, if it takes me less than 10 minutes to get there, it's not a climb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these things were ridiculous. And But Phil Liggett and Paul Sherwin continued to say, this stage is for the pure climbers. Really? The pure climbers? No. Purito Rodriguez would do good, well in a stage like this. And he's not a pure climber at all. Yeah. It would suit him perfectly, especially if he was if he had ever gone to this race in shape to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a short, punchy climb, but it's a climb that's long enough, but not so long. If it's hard, it's because you make it hard. Exactly. You know, really long climbs so, mid-season. The anyone that does them, it's hard. As I drink my tea. Um the term pure climbers, when it refers to anything in the Tour Down Under, was just a joke. And it's just, I mean, I understand why they try to make it so interesting and whatever, but it just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's, By the way, I think also says something, <clears throat> I'll probably be proven wrong, as with everything else. But of course, Richie Port... Um, because of where he's from, he wants to do really well in this race. Oh, of course. But also, I think it says something about his uh, abilities as a climber. And I, you know, it's like Rigoberto Uran, where I think Rigoberto would do well in a race like this. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. still have my doubts about him being a contender for, uh, for a Grand Tour. And I think that yeah. you can win a race like this. Of course, it's early season. It's weird who wins it sometimes. Absolutely. So, listen, I looked it up. I looked it up. The Torrance Hill Road, just over one kilometer, right? Average is 9.6, which is crazy. But UCI yeah. considers it a Category 2. So, why are we talking about poor, pure climbers? That was just dumb. Oh, this is uh, for the... And they said it, this, this climb is absolute torture. Now, quote. Well, I'm sure if you're trying to chase Richie Port, I'm sure it's torture, but the oh, climb- it would be, I would oh. never be able, I would never be able to go up it, but it's not absolute torture. For no, 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 but you know, he's selling Contador the sizzle. You know, they say you don't stay, you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle. Yeah, plenty. You don't sell the climb, you sell the Puyar climber. The other, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I wanted to do, I noticed was Robbie McEwen, who I said I thought it was awesome. He actually said Cannondale Drapak. Not Draypack. He would it's know, a, right? It's an Australian company, correct? It was an Australian team. Yeah, I think it's an Australian company. So I'm going to Draypack. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what Robbie McEwen said. So from now on, it's not oh, Cannondale Draypack. Says... I'm going Cannondale Draypack. Draypack. It was a Australian team, but it's a U.S. based funds management. Get out! Really? Why would they sponsor a team? That's weird. What does it stand for, though? Like that oh, would help yeah. us figure it out, you know. Sounds like drapes. <laughs> like but they have US corporate headquarters and an Australian office. Okay. Well if anyone is in Carlton, they're on Ligon Street. Look them up. <laughs> so um finally, I mean listen, I live in southwestern Pennsylvania in the United States. By no means, by no stretch of anybody's imagination is what you would call it a beautiful place or a happening place or a destination okay so let me preface by what i want to say by saying that now 
every 10 friggin' minutes. There's a commercial about it in South Australia and Adelaide and outside of this town and the wines here and the restaurants here and the food here and like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're in South Australia, Southern Australia. I understand that you want to make this, like show the world what you got, but you don't got shit. They have beaches. Yeah, which are unbelievable. But they don't talk about that. All they talk about is the wine and the food and the best cycling in the world. Get the hell out of here, dude. Because that's what Italy cycling has the best cycling for. in the world. I know, like I said, I ain't got shit. I live in the middle of fucking a, a, a valley named after coal and fucking Steve, iron. I mean, you've steel. heard how Natalia goes to Colombia to go on Aguardiente tastings. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Looking for the best Sancocho. Listen, she's a I, Colombian foodie. Yeah, yeah. She's a Colombian foodie. Listen, I don't I don't want to hate on Australia, of course. I've never been. I think that's beautiful, absolutely, yes. But to go around I mean, I don't know. I, I know that they're doing their best. I hope that I didn't insult anybody in Australia or in, in Southern Australia. Why are you itching? I don't understand. If you're in Tasmania, then fuck you. No, 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 I'm not bitching. I just think that it's so lame. Like, it was always the same, like, little, hey, in this town, there's a lot of good restaurants and a lot of good wine. And then the next town, in this town, the wine is really good and there's a lot of good restaurants. You're acting like you've never heard a bike race before. How many times do Paul and Phil go, you know, Paul, in this region of France, they're known yeah, for making it's balloons. It's freaking France, not South Australia. Yeah, but that's how France you has the best wines in the world. Australia has the best has world known foods. It's beautiful. There's the Alps and the Pyrenees. It's a gorgeous country. I know Australia is pretty. They got this that big red rock in the middle of the fucking desert. Fine. I just, they're trying to make themselves sound like it. And Phil and Paul, because they're getting paid by them, are just like going that extra mile to, Whoa. again, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This sucks. If Phil and Paul came here and they were paying them, they'd be like, you have to have say, say something nice about Southwestern uh, Pennsylvania. They'd be like, no, we'd, we'd rather see, not. In. I think Adelaide, I mean, from what I see, it looks, it looks cool. Absolutely. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just saying they're trying to like oversell the whole like great wine, well, great food, great destination. Or from Australia, like it's not a destination. what is your sense? Yeah, send us an email. Melbourne, send us an email or, or tweet at us. Info at Speed Metal Cycle. Like if your friend starts dating a guy or a girl that's from Adelaide, are you like, oh, boy, ugh. Oh. Hope you never have to go there. <laughs> and it's Radelaide, by the way. What? Radelaide? Radelaide. That's how the natives refer to their place. Oh. Well, not the natives, at, at least. I mean, T Tiffany Cromwell, she said at some point, it's not for nothing that is called Radelaide. Like, huh. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Listen, one of those little things where Phil and Paul were talking about it, they were like, there was this uh, farmer's market here. And then they had like show like images of this farmer's market. I'm like, really? Really? That's why I'm going to go all the way from here or anywhere else in the world, all the way to South Australia for a farmer's market? You know, I have to say, I'm really impressed of how much detail you paid attention to following this raid. I missed all of that, to be honest. You missed the, the, the whole I thing about the, the farmer's market? I don't you know. I, I missed all market. the freaking advertisements and stuff. I just saw the race. Not, nothing. Yeah. What did you think about the Because I'm paying for it. Ha! Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. I most definitely was not. Hey, um, what do you think about the fact that every stage was won by an Australian? Oh, that race was rigged, really? of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people give us... Crap, because of the Colombian conspiracy? That that tour down there was a total Australian conspiracy, man. Australian conspiracy? I, I guess I the nationality before, that is going to win the freaking Cadell race. That the Cadell Evans race? Yeah, of course it's going to be yeah. Australia. Where is the Cadell Evans race? Uh, I don't know. Probably not in Adelaide. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope Do they have a hill that is for pure climbers? Or two? <laughs> no, um... Listen, I mean, I, I've said this before that I think that Australian cycling and Colombian cycling have a lot in common. The way that 
we had like a flash of brilliance in the 80s and then it kind of like went dormant and then he started to come up again and stuff, whatever. And I mean, I I love it. And every person from Australia that I've ever met, actually, with the exception of one, when I lived in Japan, I hung out with this girl for a second. She was a complete douche. She was Tasmanian. But anyway, I like Australia a lot. Right? Richie Port is from there, no? Yeah. yeah. At some point, you know, it was funny. At some point, Phil actually referred to him as the Queen Bee from Tasmania. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> to Richie Port. I mean, but honestly, if we're going to talk about the race itself, for real, I mean, there's he was untouchable. Holy shit. I was very, very, very He's impressed. He's too. Did you see a I lot know. of people in Twitter was talking about it? Uh, he looked very, very skinny. Somebody was actually saying, I think he actually lost weight on in his ears too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, do people who ride smaller bikes, do those bikes look better to me proportion-wise because I ride a smaller bike? But like no. Richie Port, it rides like a really tiny one, but like him, Esteban Chavez, like those bikes, I look at them, I'm like, yep, that's what a bike with bike 700 look like wheels should look like it's like I when agree. you see your pair of shoes and then you see someone that wears like a size 18 and you're like why do you own boats with shoelaces the proportions are all off the designer never meant for it to be that big i completely agree with you i think that a smaller like frame real small but they just they look good i think anything be below a 56 i mean a 58 can look okay but i would say anything below like a 54 would probably look the best yeah. For a bike, as far as like, that's a nice looking bike. And the only thing. Wow, that was really loud. It's not going what to come out that loud. I've been watching two previous episodes, and uh, what, what we hear is super, super loud, barely comes out at the uh, other end if it's not a voice. So we'll see. Uh, okay. Is that why? We think Mike is loud, but no one else hears him. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, but um, wait, what was I going to say? What were we talking about? About bikes that look good and oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, in shoe in the shoe world, and if anybody out there is a shoe designer uh, or knows better, but I'm pretty sure that this is the case because I worked with Adidas for a long time. Um, the shoes are always designed for size nine, a men's size nine. And that's when the shoe looks the best. Well, either that or like those tiny, tiny little chubby ones for babies. That's when they look the best. But I think that bikes are probably designed to look at their best somewhere in like the... 54, 55? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing so. I don't know. I can't be the... It can't just be that you and I are the only people in the world that think that a bike that is like a 61 looks good. What? It just doesn't. Or the tiny, 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 tiny itty bitty one where the top tube and the down tube like cross before they get to the head tube. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't look right either. Okay, listen. Uh, last thing I have to say about the uh, Tour Down Under is Jonathan Restrepo, uh, the track gold medalist. He has like 11 gold medals in the track. Um, finished 10th and won yeah. the, the Young Rider competition. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, good for him and good for Katusha. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, very good. That's all I have to say about the Tour Down Under. Okay, my turn now because we have to talk oh, about the women's side. The women's. I actually saw uh, a little some of the highlights, and I saw the Orica Greenwich backstage pass for all the stages for the women's. Orica Scott. Orica, I'm sorry, Orica Scott. Yeah, they, yeah, I hope they keep doing that through the season. Uh, the one for the uh, Australian Championships is very good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to read the notes that I have. And you guys can, can make your opinions if you want to. Can we, can we yawn? Oh. Yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can. Sorry, I, that was a joke. That was a joke. I, I don't love, care, dude. I love women. Did you, did you go to Washington? I know. Did you go to I Washington? Didn't, I didn't go to Washington. You're not a real woman then. All right, let's go. A few. Okay. So <laughs> the Women Santos... Tour than Under started the 2017 season of Invisible Racing. Amanda Spratt from Orica Scott won the race, followed by Janek Ensing from Alechi Bolini and Kirsten Biel from Silence Pro Cycling. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, was that, those were the three girls in that order that finished the first 
stage, right? Because I know that the orange. No, that's, and, this is the final pony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wasn't the first stage the girl that won the first stage won the yeah, overall? Yeah, Amanda Spratt from. Amanda Spratt. Yeah, she had that attack in the first stage. Orica Scott. She won the first stage and she defended the jersey throughout the whole in, race. Who came in second in that stage? I don't remember. I think it's that girl from Ale Cipollini. Hosking? I think so. And then I think Christian Bill. I mean, um, well, I the stage know. winners were Spratt, Wield, yeah, and yeah. Bild and Hosking from Ale Cipollini. Yeah. But oh. yeah, the, the podium, the second place in the podium didn't win stages. She yeah. just finished yeah. second. So, okay. So, two minute highlights uh, were narrated by Phil and Paul, and apparently longer highlights are going to be available sometime during February. And as Amanda Spratt said to Cycling News, people just need to be patient. Shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> people just That's need to be patient. Ridiculous. Like, sure, why not? I mean, I think live racing is just overrated anyway, and Twitter is not going anywhere. So it's not invisible cycling. It's just on a, like a month delay. Yeah, this is going to be, and it was funny because when they tweeted that, then uh, one guy, I think it was Velofocus, he, he is a photographer that likes to go to women races and it's like his thing. He says like, good, is it going to be in the History Channel? That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Uh, that's good. You know, yeah. in that much time, they could actually ca- cast a bunch of actresses. I know, to recreate it, remember? The whole thing and make it like one of those fake documentaries. We keep coming back to this point over and over again. So this is know. the invisible racing. We should put actresses in it. And then, yeah, we start diverting, diverting too much. Diverting. So, I know. Okay. Just go go ahead. Ahead. Okay. The Tour de Nounder also reminded us that still a man's world out there and they like their freaking podium girls. Well, gentlemen, what's fair is fair. If I don't get to see the pro women race, you don't get to see your podium girls. Once Agreed. all the pro women can actually call their hobby a profession. You can have Victoria's secret angels for all I care. I, I disagree with you. I Why? There should ever be women should stop. There should not be any podium girls. That's dumb. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's a perfect opportunity for cycling to make a statement. Hey, listen, we're not a bunch of sexist shitheads, even though yeah, they are. No, I agree with you. But I mean, if I want to support freedom of whatever, then I think I have to cope with the podium girls only if, if. let me finish. But now the problem that is things and burns that we have these podium girls is that they are the only women that are consistently visible in freaking professional cycling. Uh. That's, that's what it burns. You know, like if, if women, if the pro side had the chance to use the cycling as a career, then like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, like if things were equal, now for both of the sides, then I don't think I would mind that. I mean, like, let them have, and if you freaking want podium girls, I mean, a, a lot of the uh, cyclists at the Tour de Under were protesting and kind of not being very cool with the replacing the podium girls with the junior racers. So it's like, no, no, but you know, like, I will, we'll miss them. They really? Give, I have, yeah, 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 I have like one. I mean, let me read you a quote of one of them. Hostesses bring a touch of femi- femininity, femininity, I don't know. Femininity. Femininity, okay. To an otherwise male-dominated peloton. One was no. protesting because like, oh, how come? I, I really want to spend, get my kisses and my flowers from a Do nice pretty girl when I win a stage. Like, are you kidding me, man? It's like, Dude, you know Jesus what? Christ. But Do whatever. You know what brings, do you know what brings a touch of femininity to the professional peloton? A women's peloton. There you go. There you go. Isn't it that the logical answer? But no, no, no. They were saying like, I think the only one that spoke, the only two that had supported the, let's get rid of the podium girls so far that I read Who about, are, are Mikel Landa and like Tyler Farrar. Estetina says like, no, 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 I bring them back. I like podium girls. That's part of the history of the sport, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, what, what, what did you say, Klaus? 
I take back everything bad I've ever said about Tyler professional. No, I will say I will say that if you're gonna use the whole like, well, it's been history. I know that everybody uses this example with everything else, but uh, yeah, also women were not allowed to uh, learn how to read or write, and that's part of our history as well. That doesn't I just don't know why it's such a big deal. I guess it gives them something to look forward to, but it's only if you win something. But look forward then, to like what? I said, yeah, I don't know. What is that? Oh, you, you get a, a a little peck on the cheek that like gets you off. Like what? It's completely Look, ridiculous. I will say something that most people know already, but in case you don't know, a lot of professional cyclists are using Tinder anyway. <laughs> like a lot of them use it during races. I don't a mind. Of them. Listen, so, if you want to go and get laid, that's fine. But when you're up there receiving a like a prize, why do you need a girl that is there? And actually, why? I think that replacing them. You're looking for a wife. With the junior, actually, yeah, I think that was the story of one guy. I didn't get the name, but he's just like, that's how I made my wife. Now, well, what, is, what are these other poor guys going to do? Like, just come on. George, so, George Hickapi, that's how he met his wife. Okay, but yeah. it was another person that, that said yeah, that. No, it was no, a no, no, Whatever. No. Anyway, so okay. I do think that is a good decision to replace them with the junior cyclist. I mean, how awesome it is that as a junior, you get to actually, like, give out the prize. That is amazing. For, I mean, that's... Super, super good. I, I don't understand why point. everyone went bananas about it. Like, oh my gosh, this sport is going to hell. I'm like, really? Are you making this big deal with this? Look around and all the other crap that is happening. Exactly like, the opposite. This is a, it's a win, win, win for everybody. The kids are super excited. Cycling looks good. It's not completely misogynistic or pretends not to be. At least on TV, it doesn't look as misogynistic and sexist as it, as it normally is. And the fucking dudes don't have to... The, the, the guys are like, yeah, this is cool. I have like this kid here and I, I get to shake this kid's hand. That's awesome. Look at freaking soccer play, soccer teams when they go out and they have their little, little kids. kids. That's yeah. cute. Everybody loves it. The sponsors love it too. They put the little McDonald's logo on the kids and the kids are all chubby and stuff. And they, with the tiny little cleats. Cle- cle- who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love that? Yeah. Okay. So that was our banter with that. I just had to like talk about it because I saw it getting so much freaking attention that I didn't understand. It's like, why are people so upset about this? Jeez. I had no idea that it was that big of a deal. You know, I was wondering who's going to take over for Bernardi No at the tour and at ASO events. I don't know. I don't know. Did you see that Nido say that, that, uh, that he's doing the Giro because it's the centennial version and the Tour de France and Valverde said that He's doing Tour de France and La Vuelta. So it, it looks like Tour de France is going to be Tour de Froome again, right? Again. Okay. Hey, listen, okay. guys. I want to I wanna get going with the, with the, with the question. Yeah, that's all I had to say. Half an hour. Okay. So the, the only other thing that I wanted to say was that Gaviria beat Viviani again in the Tour of San Juan. Yay! Which is, is the replacement to the Tour of San Luis. And here's a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. How much money do you think specialized gave bonin or did they give him a job after he retires to say that he loves discs disc brakes and he's going to race with disc brakes all year long i don't doubt that he likes disc brakes they're good yeah but his position was so strong that i was like i wonder specialized was like so you know we're gonna give you that job so come on no you know what i'm what i'm what i wondered when i read that is not so much are they paying him or how much are they paying him, but much more, why am I reading this on a website that is called Cycling News? How is this news? How is this and How is interesting to anybody? That's exactly if, why I was like, yeah. man, I'm sure he wouldn't race a bike that he doesn't feel comfortable with. But, but I'm sure that but Cycling News got a cut of that whatever money Bonin got because like, they report on You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Maybe we should actually advertise on Cycling News. Have them do like one of those like stories that are like kind of fake stories. Oh, the greatest podcast of all times. Tom Bonin, for eight bucks, we can get him to say like that this season he's going to be only listening to one podcast. <laughs> but the guy did say that he's going to retire after, what is it? Paris Roubaix? He said that that is his last yeah. race and that's it. So it's not going to be the whole year. How many races well, is he going to do before that? Four, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. He's going to do like maybe five, six races and then he's done. Mm. Okay. 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 Questions. So um, for a few weeks now, we've been asking all of you guys 
not all of you, Natalia and Klaus, but all of you listeners, to send us questions that we can answer. Anything I said, just anything goes, we'll just select the ones that we find interesting or the ones that, you know. I'll tell you this. I only got maybe two or three that were inappropriate, and therefore I'm not. Obviously, they were trying to be funny, but so I took them out, but um, whatever. Not a single is Natalia single is not none of those. Not a single, like, undergarment. Oh, no, somebody did ask for Klaus's undergarment, but... <laughs> get in line yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah right. but that's how we started to beg them for questions no that we wanted to yeah. know your yeah. preferred undergarments undergarments <laughs> okay so multiple people asked uh, three questions that were asked multiple multiple times so I'm gonna get those three first first one is when is the new kit coming out and I can tell you that we have three different choices three different designs that I worked on and we're going to put them up on Twitter, uh, hopefully tomorrow or the day after. Uh, and then you guys can vote. Uh, I'm going to Colombia, actually. I'm going out uh, for, I don't know, until February or whatever. So you guys will have a good couple of weeks to vote on which one. And then whichever one wins, we're going to actually make. So the new kit is coming. The other question was, what do you all do in real life? What do you guys do in real life? What's your real job? That get we got a lot of that. Like so I don't know if you guys wanna take that, if you wanna answer it at all. I can tell you that uh, I can answer this for Mike. Uh, Mike is actually a secret agent. And he is training with MI5. MI5, is that what it's called? He's the British intelligence? Double seven. Yeah, he's he's golden finger. <laughs> well, we know what Mike did until recently. Well, everybody knows that Mike worked for Rafa until recently, but now he's actually, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an American spy infiltrated, and he infiltrated the MI MI six, MI six. I'm sorry, British people, I can't remember. I think it is yeah, MI6. it's MI six. Okay, okay. Um, I what do I do for a living? I do a little bit of everything. I'm I'm, I'm a designer by trade, but um, I do a whole bunch of different things. I work I work from home doing projects for different things, building things, making things, painting things, designing things, all kinds of stuff. I know that's kind of vague, but honestly, that's really what I do. Natalia, do you want to disclose what you do for a living? Well, I'm a lecturer at a university here in the States. I teach operations management and project management for non-business majors. And I'll tell you what, I mean, she, pro she manages the shit out of some projects. <laughs> <laughs> So it's fair to say you are a professor. Uh, but, you know, like they have these different qualifications. Yeah. That if you are on the tenure thingy or not. Yeah. So you're not tenure. I'm not. I'm not full time or whatever. I just do this gig. Part time, whatever. Have but yeah, sure. Seen, people call me professor. So have you ever seen the movie Wet Hot American Summer? Nope. It's a very funny comedy. And it in it, uh, David Hyde Pierce, who was in the TV show Frasier. He plays a, a physicist who's a professor, and he, these kids in the summer camp go, but you're um, an associate professor. What does that mean? And he starts to cry, and he says, it means that I am less than. I am less <laughs> yeah. than. So there, so, okay, so Natalia yeah. is a college professor, which means she's really fucking smart. And Klaus... Uh, I had a long time to come up with something funny or something, but now nah, whatever. I work for the man. Okay. Yeah. And when you're not working for the man, you do some cycling related shit. Yeah. Yeah. But really, I, I think it's fair to say that none of us have any really exciting. Not anymore. Jobs I've had, now. I've had really cool jobs in the past. I've worked for bicycle companies. I worked for like major like sporting professional sporting leagues i've worked for professional teams i worked for all kinds of WWE. say what you want but i think my job is really cool so good for oh, you i'm sorry i guess i meant to say like <laughs> none of us are like pilots yeah, i don't know like we don't work uh for saturday night live holding cue cards or something that someone might be like oh can i come to your office no yeah yeah no okay so, uh, 
that sort of thing. But uh, I mean, I like it. So. Okay. Next question. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Next question is for Klaus and I. Who is the older brother? That comes from Mark. Uh, I am. I am the older brother. So by that, four years. By four years. Yes. 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 Okay. Here comes a question from Kip. And it says, having lived in Venezuela for a few years, I'm curious to hear any stories from you guys on anything about Venezuela, especially your opinion on cachapas. I'm going to take this one first. I think cachapas are, it's probably in the top five best foods I have ever tasted in my life. Definitely the best best breakfast that you can have ever is cachapas just with cheese. Absolutely love cachapas. I've been to Venezuela, I've been to Caracas um, before it was already on its way down, but not as shitty as it is right now. I feel really bad that the country is as shitty now as it, as it is. Uh, other than that, I don't know. You, you, in Colombia, you're kind of raised to hate Venezuela, quote-unquote hate Venezuela, kind of like New York hates Boston and, you know, that kind of thing. But you meet Venezuelans, and they're actually super, super nice, and we're very similar in temperament. Well, there was a time, I think it was in the 70s or maybe... Yeah, maybe the sense is that a lot of Colombians migrated to Venezuela because they were having this oil boom. Mm-hmm. So I think I had an aunt living in Venezuela because of that reason. They went there with uh, her family. And for the longest time, I had a problem reconciling the word they use for popcorn. You know, like what they call it? They call it what cotufa. Cotufa? Cotufa. What? Yeah, that's... Still, okay, that's it. Until I, the, hate and, Venezuelans. I hate Venezuelans now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cotufa. No, the popcorn is Cotufa. Like Maracaibo is a really cool city. Caracas is a, a really, really, both are really, really cool city. People in Venezuela really know how to party. I think that in order to make this more palatable for a non-Latin American audience, I will answer in the following way. <clears throat> First of all, I've never had a cachapa. I've just seen them in a Venezuelan restaurant, and I thought they looked like arepa de choclo, which is a yeah. Colombian thing. So I there don't know. There you go. There you go. But for all of you non-Latin Americans, you should know that within Latin America, we probably talked about this, there's sort of a perceived pecking order of who is better, wealthier. Some people in some countries think Whiter. of who is whiter, and that makes it better. And Argentina. <coughs> right? So, hey. So in the pecking order, my exposure to Venezuelan were just some, a couple of Venezuelan kids that came and went by our school in Colombia. And so, of course, I'm basing it on their point of view and how they were, because my exposure to Venezuelans was minimal. And I remember them saying, well, you know, Colombia is third world. Venezuela is a second world country which in retrospect is the saddest thing a human being can say. I don't particularly <laughs> believe in this whole third, you know, whatever. You can say developing nation or industrialized or whatever. But referring to yourself as second and then bragging about it, because at the time Venezuela still had this oil boom. And the only thing I knew about Venezuela was that wealthy people in Venezuela like to import American, large American cars, Cadillacs and things like that that didn't exist in Colombia because we had smaller European and Japanese cars. So that was my only real sense of life. It's interesting, though. I mean, you know, in the last 10 years, obviously, Venezuela has been going through some serious shit, and now it's completely the other way where Venezuelans are just moving back to Colombia as much as they can. So, all right, next question. Who is the coolest active... This is a really good one. This is from Elliot. Who is the coolest active pro cyclist, male or female, and why is it Pipo Pozzato? (laughs) (laughs) Trick question. Did Mike uh, write this? I love it. What's that? Mike? Did Mike send that in? Maybe Mike sent it in under the name Elliot. Okay. Um, Alex asks, oh, actually, this is an interesting one. Have you heard or seen the following? Oh, by the way, let me answer that. Who is the coolest? Tyler Farah. Oh, yeah. Of co- well, yeah. He, he's That's not a sexist bastard. Um, have you heard or seen the following races in the last few years? The Dwarsdor Head Hageland and the Shal Sells. Neither of them, but uh, Alex included uh, links to both of them, to like YouTube videos, and an explanation of what they are, kind of Strade Bianca-ish, like uh, farm roads and stuff like that. It's like the Toblerone. Yeah, I like the Toblerone, yeah. La Toblerone, yeah. It's, they're super, both of them super cool. I'll um, share those. The names, I'm going to include the names of both of them in the description for the the podcast, and maybe we can um, tweet them as well. 
I really well, we're, we're ignorant. Thanks for uh, that. Clearly, but yeah, I mean, I'd never even. Not cool. yeah, that's good. Okay, Seb uh, says, if money was no object, like if you won the lottery, what bike would you buy? And I have a very good answer. I would not buy a bike. I would pay somebody else to ride a bike for me. If I'm rich, why should I ever ride a bike again? I can do whatever I want. That's me. No, come on. What bike? Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I am a person of... I would probably buy a BMC. Like that... Uh, what's, what's the name of that BMC, the Grand Fondo? Probably. Natalia, what do you think? Something like that. Well, I, I mean, the aluminum version is pretty cheap. Maybe a Ridley. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. People would be like, oh, I would buy a fucking ridiculous Colnago. Like, I'll spend $25,000 in components. Dude, I ride my bike 20 times a year. What the hell do I, you know? It's, I don't know. I'll tell you what car I would buy, an Audi R8. Hell yeah, man. It's flat black. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> you know, Italian. maybe I will go for like a penny fart or something like that. As that yeah, as, that's what they are called. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would not be a new bike. It would have to be. Oh, I didn't. I wish I could go along with that money. I could go back in time five, no, like 10 or 12 years Mm. when a lot of Colombian dudes from the 80s still had their bikes. It seems like they all sold them. I would love to ride around in a. Manzana Postobo and Pinarello, not even because it's a Pinarello. I don't even I care. And I'm sure it was built by someone else, Pegoretti or whatever. Yeah. yeah just as long as it's not. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, you know, like, yeah, maybe we could go back in time and just browse the collection that uh, Robin Williams has. Yeah. Oh, and no. So many some of them, Some of them were kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't think about a, 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 like a historical bike. Yeah, we could have a Marco Pantani bike. But yeah, I think that that will be a case. Like if we had gazillions of money, I think we will be hunting for something historical. You know, like not yeah, necessarily. Yeah. You're you're totally right. Here mm-hmm. I yeah. am riding and, riding my new BMC, and you guys just got to score to like like like, like priceless bikes. Well, and it doesn't <laughs> even have to be like um like a superstars bike or whatever. I a couple months ago got to see. Uh, an aluminum Bianchi from Liquid Gas. Oh, cool. Not the, he's not sure even who wrote it, but it came from the team. Oh. Might have just been an extra bike or whatever. But the fact that it was for real yeah. from the team and had a rider name, it's just that the sticker had been taken off. And it wasn't super expensive or anything. I don't know when he bought it, but, you know, it was just like an aluminum bike. Pretty cool. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next, next one. Um, any race you would love to see live that you haven't? For me, I think the Giro is definitely a race that I want to go to, and I've never been. But other, than, I mean, I've been to Roubaix, I've been to Tour of Flanders, my two favorite movies, my two favorite movies, my two favorite races. Uh, I've been to the Tour de France. Uh, I think that I, w- I would love to see that. But also, I would, I, I would, I really want to go to some like small time race in the middle of nowhere in italy you know we're like only like i'll recognize like two or three teams i would love to do that but yeah the giro for me what about you guys Uh, i don't know if i'm a big fan of watching races on site you know oh i love it I, really? I mean, if they are like the circuits i think they are fun because you can watch the cyclists go by different times and you can go different places and look at them. But if it's a race that is from point A to point B, then it's kind of, eh, I don't well, know. I mean, you know, you, you don't see do much, I guess, but. Well, what, what, what you do in, in Paris-Roubaix or in Flanders or those races that are like that, you just go from one place to another, to another, to another. You see the guys go by like five or six times. Um, and if you're, if it's a place like, like a race, like the Tour de France, like what we did too, you see one day and then you see the other day and then you see the other, okay. you know, yeah, you know but, I, one thing that maybe will be fun to do then will be to the, to be in the Dutch corner when they do the, oh, in the uh, tour. To, just to yeah. see what madness go, goes in. It's not even for the cycling, just to see the party that, that they be, have going on. That would be cool. Hmm. I think uh, for me, it has to be. 
uh, hilly one day race thing. I know. Um, yeah, Strada Bianca would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flesh alone, I know that it's boring. It's just to the very end, but I love that. You've never uh, been to the Flesh alone? No, but I have to say, yeah. So it would be something like that. Um, Strada Bianca would be awesome, and but I will say the Toblerone, Trobro, Leon would be Leon. great because I realized smaller the better. Hmm. Yeah, it has to be a small race because if you want to jump around and see it in different places, it's easier. Mm-hmm. You want to get to the buses and just snoop around? That's easier. Do you want to just hang out when the dudes cross the line and just like? Look at them like, why are you guys so tired? (laughs) (laughs) You want to see how the adults are trying to steer water bottles from cyclists that are nearly fainting from exhaustion? You can see that better. Okay, so we got 10 minutes left. So I'm going to try to go through these because there's actually pretty good ones still. Still, you have to go. So Jeff sent a bunch of cool ones. So I'm going to, he has three different questions. Uh, The first one is, I can answer this one for Klaus, but uh, will you guys ever release a video of the, the commercial that Klaus was in when he was a little kid? And the answer, obviously, is no. <laughs> okay. Never. It's actually on YouTube, exist, but it's 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 like uh, blocked on YouTube. You can only see it. There is a video. There's a, I did a voiceover as a kid, and that one is on YouTube. So good luck finding that needle in a haystack and recognizing my voice as an eight-year-old. <laughs> Una regla. I know that was your line. Uh, <laughs> All right. So uh, Jeff also asks, reverse order of apparent social media privacy is Mike, Crusher, Natalia, and Klaus. Mike is the least private for openly acknowledging that he has a last name. Of course, we've, I mean, we've basically said where he lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crusher doesn't mention his last we've name. We've said who his next door neighbor is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the <laughs> same li- Yeah. Uh, Crusher doesn't mention his last name and rarely, um, and rarely his first. But my first name is Dan. Um, but is the least, but is at least pretty open about having a face that occasionally shows up on Instagram. That's true. Natalia, uh, is pretty chill in that respect, but understandable when you're the only woman in an esoteric podcast with 98% male listenership. So what's the deal with Klaus? That's the question. What's the deal with Klaus? Act too long and weird to explain. And I'm not even sure I'm a hundred percent sure uh, as to how to position that answer. So no, that you can just say I have issues. That's all. <laughs> there you go. I have issues. And uh, in a previous job, there was also issues. There was also issues with doing, yeah, being very, but that's no longer the case to be perfectly honest. Okay. Yeah. Like the issues were like, he wasn't allowed to do certain things online and stuff. So, okay. Okay. Uh, and then the other one, if you could ride, uh, if you could have a ride with one person uh, who's current professional, male or female, who would it be? And to go where, on a ride with them? Where, yeah, go on a ride with one person in the current professional peloton. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I would be, if I had to, if they had a gun to my head, I would do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't. I can barely keep up with, like, my wife. Like, no. But, hmm, who would I ride with? It has to be a professional cyclist. Yeah. I would say, you know who I would say? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dianita. Peñuela? Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, Diana Peñuela. It would just be a matter, really, of who do you want to just talk to for a long time? Because exactly, exactly. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, do I want to... I mean, I'm just thinking Diana, Diana Peñuela because she's Colombian, but she's a woman. Which in, and like, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of interesting things about her. She, you know, she rides for an American team and stuff. And, I don't know. and she's pretty, I, she's pretty nice. She's very easy to talk yeah. to. So I've met her. I've met she's her. She's very approachable. Yeah, very approachable. So that, that's my answer. Mm. Natalia, what do you think? I'm still thinking. I don't know. So it has to be a current day pro? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some young pro whose dad has cool stories. So I can be like, okay, screw you. Tell me stories about your dad. <laughs> I live in the past. Man. Nicholas Roche. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess you ride a bike too. Cause you Taylor Feeney, there you go. <laughs> Taylor Feeney yeah. or Nicholas Roche. Yeah. Perfect. 
I'd be like, okay, your kit matches. I guess you ride for a team. Now tell me about your dad. <laughs> you know what? I will do it. Yeah, if it's too bad that she retired, like Evelyn Stevens. And I will ask her, it's like, okay, tell me the shenanigans that went uh, on when in the last heel of the Philly cycling mm-hmm. race last mm-hmm. year, they got there was like some issues with Megan Guarnier. So I will go with Evelyn Stevens just to ask her. That's sort of well, thing. Actually, Just like, uh, get me some dirt. Get me some dirt. Yeah. So along those lines, I have an idea of some cyclists that are fairly open about stories, but I don't know for sure. It's not like I know these people or I've talked to them all that long. So without naming a name, because I don't know who it is, whoever would just tell me the mo- funniest, craziest stories about races openly, whoever that is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Ian Street from Pedaling Ideas and Leeds Bicycle Company asks, what are your favorite cycling-related films slash docs? They're about Colombia. <laughs> Good ad. Advertisement. <laughs> Good advertisement. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it would probably be... I know it's going to be super cheesy. I mean, uh, I would say A Sunday in Hell. I still... That movie just... That movie moves me. Uh, Overcoming is very, very good as well. Uh, 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 but, I mean, if it's a movie and not a documentary, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I love it. And um, Breaking Away. Yeah, my God, Breaking Away Breaking is away fantastic. Is, yes. I mean, I think it stands on its own as a... As a, as a movie, movie, let alone, a, you know, cycling or not. I think that, it's, that mustache alone makes it fucking <laughs> awkward. I don't um, know. Anything else you guys want to add to that? Nope. Sadly, a movie that, not for the movie, but for what it showed, and it was on YouTube and now it's gone, is uh, uh, what's uh, El Ciclista with Cochise. Yeah. Uh, or um, with Patrocinio, was it? Cochise. Jesus Christ. What the hell was it? It was up for like a minute and it was... A uh, full-length movie shot in 16 millimeter yeah. uh, in like 82 in Colombia, and it's since been taken down. But to see those people and to see moving cyclists in motion in color, yeah. it just like it made a huge impression on me. Like I don't know, it's things that I had only seen in movies, but um, but I'll add. Slaying the Badger, the mm. ESPN oh. 30 for 30. Yeah, yes. that's good. That was good. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, here's uh, David asks, uh, how did you guys meet? Well, I met Klaus when my mom and dad brought him from the hospital. That's how we met. I met Mike, actually, the very first time that Fabian Cancellara won the Tour of Flanders whatever year that is, Mike and I met at a Belgian bar in New York watching that race. And it was love at first sight. Love at first sight. Natalia, I met through Twitter. Through the internet. Yeah, through the internet. And then we actually met in person in Richmond at the World Championships. And And I met Natalia that day too, uh, briefly. Yeah. And Klaus and Mike met on the podcast and didn't actually see each other, like hadn't actually physically met for like a good year and a half, two years. Yeah. And I ran, I, I met Mike physically for the first time ever, not fully knowing exactly what he looked like on the side of the road in New York city. Uh, no, no. On, on the, what's that road? W nine, oh, nine W. Yeah. Nine, 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 whatever the hell. Yeah. And I was just like waiting for Mike. <laughs> like I don't know what he looks like, but he's coming. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't tell me what he'd be wearing, but I saw his face and I'd seen a little blurry picture. And I was like, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> and also, David also asks uh, if you guys would race, if all of us raced each other, who would win? Klaus. Definitely Klaus, hands down. No, I mean, Mike and I ride. No, Mike. About the same. I think. No, Mike and I ride about the same. I've talked to him about it. Um. And I, I, it would be between both of you guys. But if Natalia's is Klaus... I don't know about Natalia's abilities. I'll say this. Mike's physique is intimidating as, as a as cyclist. A, oh, yes. Yeah. 
he looks like he would fucking be able to kick your ass. But I don't, <laughs> like Mike, if the wind blows, Mike gets blown away. Mike just doesn't write that much. I think I think you would win, Klaus. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, Na- Natalia's a chick, so. Oh. oh so maybe, Klaus, maybe Klaus would let Name her. Name the day and the time. I'll uh, take you down. Jeez. Oh, my, my gut is like spilling out of my pants right now. <laughs> All right. It, it, there's no time or place. Of course, you're gonna take me out. Like, I, okay. There's no way. All right. So then, uh, you know, because we were asking questions and stuff, um, my wife wanted to also ask a question, and she asks, "Who's going to win the Tour de France this year?" From. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, here. That's the question you want to ask. She was like, Well, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's the lamest question. Unless the guy doesn't break something or has a terrible accident or i don't know gets sick i mean i don't He's know much going about to win it again hmm? yeah but i don't know anything about the route or anything but i don't know yeah i would, I would think that's right okay the last one comes from fritz and fritz actually puts in in parentheses yes that's my real name and i was like oh that's something klaus does all the fucking time too my name is klaus I have that's to. my real name <laughs> um and he asks about placing bets on cycling and he says, which bookies could you recommend to use? Well, it depends on what city you're in. But go to the seediest part of town, the shittiest bar, walk in, say the magic words to the bartender, and he'll point you to the right bookie. If any law enforcement person is listening to this, I don't have any idea what the people here are talking about. I, I don't either. I don't uh, know. Betting is illegal. I, I, I don't know how this information is coming in. I don't, I'm just leaving now. Yeah. Don't worry. That's exactly what a bookie in the United States would say about cycling. I don't know what this I is. What <laughs> <laughs> I, I have questions. You. Are we going to do uh, like another part two of the questionnaire with Mike? Like the ones that we couldn't um, get to? This, I mean, actually, we got pretty much to all of them. Um, no, you're lying. I have questions from Twitter that you didn't do. Okay, like which one? I don't have it in front of me. I sent you the email uh, to yeah, no, no, no. I went through your email and stuff. I just, I just didn't want. There's a bunch of them that we couldn't get to, and then a bunch oh, of them that okay. I was just like, ah, who cares? Like, I do. I, that's just it sounds like a silly question. Like nobody really, you know what I mean? Like there is some questions that I was just like, nah. Okay. Nobody cares, you know. Um, but maybe we can. Um, we like the two, like three of us can come up with questions for Mike. For when he comes back. I did. I sent the ones that Mr. World 2016 had to answer. Yes, 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 yes. Mr. Worldwide? Mr. World 2016. Yeah. They had a questionnaire for Mr. World 2016, and I sent some of the questions for that. Oh, that's amazing. But I'm being ignored, apparently. No, you're not being ignored. I forgot about those. They're like in the first email you sent. All right. So the questions are, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, I don't have one because I don't feel guilty about anything. I, but if, if like, what is my guilty pleasure? Say that, say that. I'm going to ask those questions to Mike then. Okay. No, I'll tell you what my guilty pleasure is listening to Menudo and, and dancing a lot to Menudo. Mine is easy. The film Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, oh boy. That's points bad. for Klaus. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you were super, oh, so Natalia, what is your No, what, what are you talking about? I was the one making the questions. It clearly says for all the guys in the podcast, oh, I didn't yeah. include myself. So, yes, you're right. Pass. Uh, if you were a superhero, what would you be called and what powers would you have? I think my superhero name would be the Skull Crusher and my powers would be the power to annoy. <laughs> I already, Klaus, what about you? Mine would be Mega Klaus. <laughs> And I would make fantastic raspberry scones. (laughs) (laughs) Not too often you see that in movies, but it would be an amazing power. They would be amazing. And the last one is, what do you carry in your pockets? And I can tell you, I don't like carrying stuff in my pockets. It kind of annoys me. So I I only carry two things, my phone and my wallet, and that's it. My wallet in my right back pocket and my phone in my front right pocket, and that's it. Ooh, I I just looked, and I have a button. (laughs) (laughs) In my back pocket, I have a little... Uh, Actually, right now, I have a $5 bill 
on one of my pockets. But I, yeah, I mean, I don't like having anything hard in there or anything. And I don't have yeah, like before, a, a leather man or anything like that. Phones came in really different sizes and stuff. Flip phones. That was the first thing I checked was which one was the smallest and easiest to put in my pocket. And that's how I ended up with the Motorola V180. Mm-hmm. Now it's just what size toast do you want to carry around in your pocket? <laughs> Phones were getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and it was awesome. And now they're bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, why the fuck do you want to carry around know, a goddamn backwards. laptop as a it's insanity stupidity? Okay, I have a question. Can I ask the Miss the Miss Universe or something beauty pageant questions to Mike next time? Yes, there you go. Oh my God, that'll be better. <laughs> but these are for, you know, like female sort of contestants. Yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. Mike might as well be a girl. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Uh, okay, so guys, I'm going to be going to Colombia for a couple of weeks and uh, we will record again when I get back in early, uh, early February. So I want to say a couple of things. Number one, I hope, I, I wish the Atlanta Falcons the best of luck, please, due to that shitty team that all other teams have not been able to do this year. Please embarrass them. Please embarrass them. I don't think I've ever rooted for a team from Atlanta before. I've never been to Atlanta. I don't know anything about Atlanta, but right now you're my favorite football team. I'll say that. Number two, keep an eye out um, at Speed Metal Cycle, CYCL, on Twitter for the little questionnaire thing that we're going to do um, for the um, for the kit, for the cycling kit. And we want to thank the guys in Health IQ once again for supporting us. That's amazing. They're actually doing a really cool thing. And Say please, the URL again so maybe people can help out and go check it out and health, do us a favor. HealthIQ.com slash Speed Metal Cycling. And yeah, just go check it out. If, if for no other reason, just to, you know, have them think that uh, you care. And then that'll help us as well. So help us help you kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I don't have anything else to say. Um, I have one thing to say. What? Go to alpsandes.com and read an interview that I did with Kyle Murphy who about the Vuelta Colombia and his time in Colombia. It's really good. It's worth it. People, go check it out. Alpsandes.com, of course. Klaus is the uh, premier. I mean, really, is the go-to website for everything cycling. Of course. <laughs> it's, it's only for pure climbers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only. I think you just named the episode, Klaus. It's only there you go. for pure climbers. Mm. Um, oh, right. yeah. And in there, by the way, uh, Kyle says how even when you're making it to the lower rungs of professional cycling, you think you're a climber. And he kind of maybe thought he was, but in Colombia, he figured out he is not. <laughs> well, I'm going to Colombia. I know I'm not a climber so i'm not gonna ride any of the climbs i'm just gonna ride my bicycle going downhill um yeah well mike will be with us next time that we that we talk he'll be he'll be back from his assignment and no he's not somebody uh suggested that he was having his knee herpes treated somewhere in some clinic or something it's not true that's cleared out a long time ago has nothing to do with that we don't, he doesn't like to talk about it. He so. doesn't like talking about so, it. So so let's keep it that way, please. All right. So uh, keep an eye on my Instagram for photos from Colombia. My Instagram is at the Skull Crusher. Crusher with a K. And if there's nothing else, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs> Kule,